people. Hello, my friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I am also your host, and my name is Dixie Lee Henning. And this is a podcast where we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. Not a lot here to talk about. Uh, I don't know. Are you feeling the japes and the jests? You just want to get into it. I can't hold in the giggles. (laughs) Very giggly today. This is our... (laughs) fourth take on this intro yeah well that's mostly your fault okay (laughs) i do want to say thank you to everyone who has been filling out our free sticker survey we have about 30 submissions on that so far and i'm loving getting to know the people who listen to this show and i'm taking their feedback very seriously yeah um i actually filled out one as uh uh, with an alias no you didn't yeah um the the alias is ivana get some i didn't get a uh, submission by that name no 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 I haven't seen it. I'll resubmit it. Did you fill out the right survey? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) To clarify, you could go to our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, all with the tags at NoPeoplePod, and you could just find links all over our social media. I've put that link out for the Google Forms. So go fill that out. Get a free sticker. Use a real name and not a fake name like Dixie. Again. (laughs) No, Dixie is my real name. Ivana Gansom is not my real name. That's true. (laughs) <laughs> to be specific, in case people didn't know. <laughs> right. If we haven't figured it out by now, yep. go fill that out. Thanks again to the 30 people who have filled it out. I do have 70 more stickers, though, and they all want homes, and I yeah, want to give and, them away, please. And if, if nobody takes them, we're going to have to decorate our house with them, so please, please fill out a form. Yeah, we see this artwork enough. Yeah, I kind of hate it. No, that's not true. I love Don't it. Don't say I made that it. about your own I know. I'm work, sorry. I'm sorry. Your own creative You know, every time you say that you've, child. you've thrown links up on the website, I imagine Link, like uh, yeah. Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. So every time you say that, I'm like, why are there pictures of Link on our website? But you meant something else. There's not. Okay. <laughs> Check us out on social. Check us out on YouTube. Fill out a form and get a free sticker. And this week, we have our friend Kyle Heineke all the way from Portland, Oregon. What? what? The weird place. The weird yep. city. Those weirdos. You know what they, it's called. The Heineke's are easily my favorite people that live in Portland. <sighs> they are pretty Which is fantastic. Awkward. I think I have relatives that live there. You have, you, we have some acquaintances in Portland. Yeah, that's awkward. Sorry, guys. Heineke's are pretty good, though. But I know the Heineke's really well. Yep. We first met them when we first went to Fresh Life here in Billings back yeah. in 2016. So we've known them for like four years. No one makes me laugh harder than Kyle does on a regular basis. Every time we get on a call, even over text, the guy is funny. He opens his mouth and it's just like, I am filled with joy. Some highlights. Uh, (laughs) To quote Kyle. That's what I always say. That's what I always say. That's sometimes what Kyle says a lot. Sometimes once. That's what I always say, end quote, is what Kyle says always. <laughs> All the time. Which is, it's a meta bit. I, li- I like it a lot. It's misleading, really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Classic and, pastor misleading people. And if our podcast community does not laugh at the flaming toilet story coming yeah, up. I think we have to quit podcasting. Come on now. If you they don't I, laugh, we have to quit. We had to take a break after that story just to like. Giggle. Let our abs recover. <laughs> abs that's funny we laugh so hey <laughs> we laugh so hard it's so good yep kyle's the best and his wife is even better yeah we talk about yeah. her a lot too yeah. and i love it they're fantastic kyle and jessica i believe are celebrating 15 years together this last week so congratulations Woot. to you guys Woot. also happy mother's day to jess even though it's it's not mother's day anymore you're just an awesome mom it was two days ago yeah, yeah. Well, I think we should just get into it, shall we? Yeah. Are you ready, Kyle? Yes. 
Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Oceans or lakes? Oceans. Rain or sun? Sun. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Early morning or late night? Late night. Summer or winter? Summer. Beaches or mountains? Beaches. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Pancakes or waffles? Yes. (laughs) Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Sweet or savory? Savory. Soda or pop? Pop. Hogwarts or the Shire? The Shire. Disney or Pixar? Pixar. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. (laughs) Vanilla or chocolate? Chocolate. Books or movies? Movies. Handshakes or hugs? Now? (laughs) No, before. How about like a curtsy? What do you prefer? I'm big on curtsies. The the elbow. Elbow shake. (laughs) Prior to that, it was one of those like clappy huggy things that cool people do. Introvert or extrovert? Extrovert. Phone calls or texts? Phone calls. Okay, that was the rapid fire. More icebreaker questions now, starting with a series of favorites. Favorite candy? Milk duds. Mm. Favorite snack? I'm a brie and fine salami kind of dude. Oh, a charcuterie man. Yeah, I put the cute in charcuterie. That's what <laughs> that's what I'm always saying. That's, yep, that's, that's a catchphrase I've heard you, heard you say mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's definitely not the first time I've heard you say it. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> What's your favorite morning drink? Coffee. Coffee. Just black, right? Yeah, you know, if you'd make it right, you don't need to add anything to it. Yeah. That's true. Well, and, and not just make it right. Like, you have to have the right beans and all that, too. But Okay. I like to subscribe to the 42 grams, like, sea salt coarseness grind of coffee beans in a Chemex. And then I kind of let it bloom at 100 grams for about 40 seconds. And then I go up to 700 grams of water total in about four minutes and 16 seconds, give or take. Does that check out with the uh, barista in the room? (laughs) Yes. That works for you? (laughs) Yeah. The delegation from the coffee corner has approved. (laughs) (laughs) Who's your favorite band? Mm, Well, I really, 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 really like Colony House, like so much. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with them. Favorite smell? Oh, there are a few, but one that would be like tippy top of my list would have to be Arizona in spring. Mm. Mm. There's just a very distinctive like floral kind of hibiscus smell combined with like this monsoonal kind of post rainstorm. I can literally smell smell this smell right now. You're describing Mm. it and Mm. I I can see it in my mind. (laughs) It's not tropical. No. It's desert meets like new blossoming springtime. What's your favorite TV show? My favorite show is on Netflix called Somebody Feed Phil. It is the happiest feeling show. That show makes me a better person. (laughs) What's your favorite ice cream flavor? I would say Salt and Straw here in Portland uh, makes a mighty fine scoop of the old frozen cow juice, (laughs) as I like to call it. Okay. So there's a caramel. Oh, yeah. It's like a vanilla caramel ribbon that is banging. What are foods you will never eat? Mm, cantaloupe. I'm pretty much starting in there. Uh, who is the smartest person you know? Easily my wife. She is the smartest person you know. She's the smartest person anyone that knows her knows. <laughs> I can't. Facts. There's no getting around it. Like, I'm such an idiot so often. <laughs> and she'll just be like, why did you do this? And I'm like, Duh, because, oh, wait, I got nothing. You're absolutely right. <laughs> And she just sees the world with such black and white simplicity. It's the best. She's the best. And I'm like, colors and complexity is amazing. And she's like, yeah, but that's dumb. You're an idiot for that. That was cool. Do that again. Yeah. You're you're entitled to your wrong opinion. (laughs) It's like doing the right thing just comes naturally to her. Right. Wow. And thinking the right thing. This is just like, oh, that's just what I do. Do you have a secret talent? Well, if I had a secret talent, I... I probably couldn't tell you. Yeah, that's fair. But I do play the dollar store guitar pretty well. See that? Yeah. Ooh, that's good. (laughs) It's sort of the sound of hairs getting pulled out of a scalp. And then, you know, I've been thinking about this. Like, what, what makes me a special person? What sort of secret talents do I have? One, I can do 
is pretty amazing is when I walk around barefoot, all my toe knuckles crack all the time. What? Nonstop. Okay. Yeah. And my dad had the same thing. So you I always knew he was coming doctor. to my room. No, I should see like a talk show host and get <laughs> paid. <laughs> all right. I can't sneak up on anyone. <laughs> All of those dreams of being a spy. <laughs> Just gone. Just dashed Oops. away. What was your first job? I was a bike mechanic at Bikeology in downtown Kalispell. As long as you don't use it today, what was your first email address? Oh, yeah. My first email address, I don't use it anymore, was Kyle 6 Because why not? Add a number to an already horrible choice of email names. I had just moved to Australia for college and like I didn't have an email address and I was like, how about this one? You know, and again, where was my wife at this time? Right. To be like, why not just Kyle? How about right. your name? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. your name in my phone too. It's just Kyle. It's just Kyle. Not even Heineke. Is it's it a Kyle. name? Is it a verb? Is it an adjective? Nobody knows. You Kyled that. Could so be all hard. <laughs> it's like stoked. You Kyle. So stoked. <laughs> Steven, wouldn't it be cool right now if we were just like so stoked? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm into it, man. You need to step up your stoke level. Get on the stoke level. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of stoke level, Kyle, what was the first social media platform you used? No, I think mine was Facebook. I never I never wanted to do MySpace. It was around, but like crack cocaine. I just had no desire. Yeah. I didn't want hmm. to do MySpace when I was doing MySpace. So yeah. And see, that's, <laughs> nope. that's the lie people will believe. Yeah. Nobody I can did. stop at any time. I can stop whenever I want. No, you I'm can't. I'm in total control. Not again, even once. Again, much like crack cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> see, see, MySpace can quit you, but you can't quit crack cocaine. Wow. <laughs> that's what I always say. That, yeah. That's what, what you always say. <laughs> oh my God. Kyle, what was your first pet? My first pet was a cocker spaniel named Sam that always ran away. Oh, <laughs> he did not like us. Always ran away, or like ran away always. once. No. Oh, like <laughs> if the door opened, he was gone. Oh, that's this little funny. black cocker spaniel, cute dog, but had no desire for affection. All he wanted was to leave fast. This dog was low on stoke. <laughs> So stoked to get away. Right. <laughs> you gotta get that cocaine. What's the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? Besides what I'm just now starting to get into, <laughs> which is Hawaiian shirts, I would say there's a little window of time in my mm, high school years that I wore like cowboy attire. <laughs> oh, you you hit that phase. Yeah, well, in my defense, I did live on a horse ranch, so okay. So it might I at have least been work I at least had the work to do in the Carhartts right. and the steel-toed boots and the mm -hmm. sleeveless shirt and a vest. Dude, yes. it was so stupid. Yes. What was the first live concert you ever attended? Like of a big nature, like a all-out concert experience. It was U two. Wow. In two thousand and one, they had no doubt opening for them, which would have been a stadium show in and of itself right sure and yep. it was the elevation tour and that was right after september 11th yeah it was a religious experience what would you consider your proudest achievement hmm. well i'm about to celebrate our uh, 15th wedding anniversary wow and for sure that's my proudest achievement i do have four amazing children i have a wonderful job I live in a great city, all those things too. Yeah. And uh, and I will say something that's kind of snuck up on me in the last few years, especially this year, is I have a good relationship with my sister. Nice. And I'm pretty stoked about that. Mm. That's cool. Okay. Wrapping up these icebreaker questions, as if that was just icebreaker there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to get into the real conversation. <laughs> <laughs> what would you eat for your last meal? I would have to eat a ribeye steak. Yes. Good choice. Excellent choice. And finally, what did you want to be when you grew up? I started out wanting to be a paleontologist. Mm -hmm. uh, although I will say I'm fairly certain that was only because that was a new word I learned and I was pretty pumped as a young <laughs> kid to be able to say it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You fair. know, that's fair. Think about it this way. Phlebotomist. <laughs> Sounds pretty amazing, Sounds right? Cool. Sure does. Not hating on any phlebotomist, but if you were to like rank phlebotomy in its excitement level right. of work yeah. against its 
name radness, <laughs> there's a bit of a disparity yeah. there. And I think all the phlebotomists in the in the audience today are agreeing. So I think that if I were to have followed my dreams to become a paleontologist, I think I would have discovered that I don't like to dig <laughs> or sweep. <laughs> or clean. Or wait. <laughs> or <Yeah>. wait. <laughs> A lot of those things don't line up with your core competencies. <laughs> nope. That's not fair. Zero Paleontology actually, actually does not rank on my strength finders. <laughs> it's really Dude, low. Okay. It's real low. So funny that you should say that. So I did the strength finders thing a few years ago. Yeah. And so I'm a pastor and I also do some like marketing and strategy stuff with media. And um, in the strength finders, the like description was you should consider a career in ministry or marketing. Whoa! And I'm like, what kind of horoscope is this? <laughs> okay, Kyle Heineke, thank you for being on the podcast with us today. I feel like we've gotten to know yeah. you pretty well already through these icebreaker questions, but kind of how we start every show here. Let's get to know you a little bit. Will you tell us about where you grew up, what you did for kind of your primary and secondary schooling, and Tell us about what your family was like growing up. Sure. Yeah, I am from Kalispell, Montana. Most people say Cowsbell, and that makes sense, but it's not right. And I lived there all the way through high school. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to the same elementary school, kindergarten through sixth grade. Then all the seventh graders in Kalispell, uh, no matter what elementary school they went to, they all at the time, the, all the seventh graders were sent to a school all to themselves called Linderman. So, wow. Yeah. It's probably smart. Like, go have the weird (laughs) stage of your life over there. Right. All together. (laughs) It's like the chicken pox party for schools. Like, just go all gift seventh grade together. Right. Just you. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Right. So, that was that was seventh grade. And in seventh grade is where I first met my wife, Jessica. And we, we actually, homeroom, first period and second period were all in the same classroom. So we sat in the same seats and I sat behind Jessica basically for 90 plus minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And then we had orchestra together. She played the stand-up bass. She's like five foot two. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and I played the cello. Yeah. At that that point I had full on had a crush on her and like devised a plan to ask her out, which I did in front of the orchestra class because I figured- You know, what are the odds she'd have the heart to say no (laughs) in front of all those people, right? Like, far be it for me to be any value in a relationship. I'm just going to manipulate this situation so that I get what I want. (laughs) That hasn't changed. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Anyway, um, so she said yes. And we did the seventh grade version of going out, which means you don't see or talk to each other the whole time, but you tell your friends you're going out, or maybe she didn't tell her friends. I don't know. She broke up with me and it didn't seem to bother her at all, but I was, I was really bummed about it. Absolutely crushed. (laughs) She knew you weren't ready. She, thank you. (laughs) And going back to how smart she is, you're probably right. I know. She's like, okay, yeah. I know the 21 year old version of you, and you're much better then, so I'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, from then, I, I spent a year in Phoenix for eighth grade. My dad and mother had gotten a divorce back in 1995, and he had moved to Phoenix like 96. Oh, okay. And so I spent eighth grade with him, and that was a disaster. Nobody's fault, just I was not ready for that. I don't think there's any easy way to do eighth grade, but that was a a tough year. Yeah, I bet. So then I I came back to Kalispell to visit, and I got arrested. So cool, Whoa. guys! This is how this is how bad to the bone I am. I got arrested for stealing a twelve pack of Pepsi. Oh man! Yep, mm. from the grocery store. Okay, they had it out front. You know, the big stacks of soda. Yep. Yeah, they watch those. Turns out, um, <laughs> you don't say. You know, you're no standing way. on my shoulders now. Yeah. So that kind of changed a lot of things, and uh, eventually the decision was made that I'd go to the Christian school in Kalispell for high school. So ninth through. 12th, I went to what's now called Stillwater Christian School, but back then was called Flathead Valley Christian School. I did not do well early on in high school. My, um, I have yet to meet anybody with a worse GPA their first, I think, quarter of high school. For me, I had a 0.76. Challenge accepted. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even get a one. I like, Wow. I did horrible my freshman year of high school. 
Did you? Like, I had to do five years of high school because of how horrible I did in my freshman year. Yeah. So, I'm right there. I get you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not because I'm dumb. The- it's just because I didn't want to do anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't say whether or not I was dumb, but I did make some <laughs> dumb choices and I did not apply myself. Right. But I think I graduated with like an overall GPA of like a 3.2 or something. Nothing spectacular, but that's right where I want it to right. be. Yeah, like, definitely like pulled it back I, from the depths. <laughs> yep, from the pit. Had a few <laughs> few bumps along the way, but right. high school was pretty fun Yeah, overall. In there, a pretty big moment of my life happened where I was playing soccer my senior year of high school, and I got massively injured playing soccer. I, I tore ligaments in my knee that most of the time don't tear in <laughs> like an athletic situation. They they called it a dashboard style injury, like oh. like a car wreck where a dashboard would like hit you in the shin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got slide tackled right below the knee and I severed my PCL, which it, I've been told is like the strongest ligament in the knee. And then I also tore my lateral collateral ligament. And then the bone, the tibia went through the oblique popliteal thing. Steven's going to pass out. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a, it's like a really sturdy tissue in the back. They call it a capsule as well. So what ended up happening was the tibia like forced its way so far. It almost got to the point where skin was the only thing left. It didn't go through. Like a compound fracture, but with a joint. You know? Right, right. And Gross. it was so crazy, man, because my foot was so swollen, <laughs> I couldn't put a shoe on, but my foot was not injured. That's funny. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was because that tissue was torn. It didn't yeah. hold the swelling inside. So anyway, I eventually had surgery. It was like eight hours long in mm-hmm. my senior year of high school. It was so nasty. I missed a bunch of school and they actually ended up graduating me at, with essentially missing credits. I didn't take like any of the semester finals because I had missed so much school from this knee injury. Wow. Yeah. So I ended up, you know, didn't really have like full on set plans for college, but college plans did not happen the way that I thought they would for sure. sure. Okay. So yeah, (laughs) I ended up being asked to speak at graduation. And interestingly enough, one of my good friends in high school's name is Jeff. We had an Australian accent and then nobody ever really put together like the backstory, but he had family in Australia. He had grown up in Australia, but he was living in uh, Lakeside, Montana with his family. Huh. And that family had like extended family come for graduation. And so this like absolutely legendary guy named Jack Buster, he walked with two canes that's how bad to the bone this guy was. He was just a sage and him and his wife, Harriet were amazing. And they came to graduation and befriended my family, my grandparents, my dad, my mom. And, um, they had actually started a college down in Australia back in the 1970s. And they lived on this massive cotton farming operation that they started as well. And their whole dream was they wanted to be able to provide a Christian education to people that couldn't necessarily afford to get a good Christian education, but were willing to put some sweat equity in it and like work for it. Right. Mm. So he had heard this speech at graduation and it turns out like our senior class party, which is a class of 30, by the way, (laughs) was like at this Australian family's home in Lakeside. So he was there and he like hung out and talked to my dad. It turns out this college is free. As long as you're willing to go, you work half a day on the farm and the farm subsidizes the tuition and pays for, I mean, everything, room and board, food, books, school, anything you need, it's all covered. And then you even get like a little, it doesn't sound like much, but when you have everything else paid for, it was pretty cool. It was like 15 bucks a week to go into town to buy fun things like Coke or a burger Mm. or something. Yeah. Wow. With your your class. Um, So you live on this farm and- that's actually why I hate cantaloupe. Um, <laughs> oh, is it? But, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, man. So Australian outback heat desert, these cantaloupes, if they're ripe enough to eat, they're already too ripe to pick and take to like a grocery store. Oh, So they just okay. leave them on the ground. And oh, like no. herds of like wild pigs would come through and just kind of like root around and all that cantaloupe. Oh, no pasture which was right next to the men's dorm and we had one of those like swamp cooler things it would like suck in all this nasty rotting cantaloupe air and just saturate your clothes with it <laughs> no so, i just got real so it was hungry just like 
And fun fact, they smell the same as fresh cantaloupe to me. So, <laughs> okay. so that's why I don't do cantaloupe. That's fair. <laughs> but, I'll give that to you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how I got to college in Australia. Yeah. Uh, one time I actually set a toilet on fire and burned down a bathroom. I'm sorry. Um, what? Okay. Fully. <laughs> yep. Do you want to go there now? I'll tell. I'll t- let me tell you about this, it. This sounds like a story. I'm sorry. You can't just Pull- say you set a toilet on fire and then move on. Uh-huh. Yep. Almost burnt an entire house down. Oh, my God. It was that crazy. Okay. So I did work for a plumber before I went to college in Australia. And then I came back from college and worked for that plumber's brother-in-law who was also a plumber. <laughs> anyway, when I was in Australia, I had already worked for a plumber for a while and kind of learned some stuff. And um, fun fact, in a lot of like rural Australia, a lot of homes that are still occupied today were built before indoor plumbing was like in that area. Wow. Excellent. Okay. So this home that we were renting for my second year in college, was like six or seven of us living there. There was a bathroom that had been added to the house but it was basically like picture a wraparound porch veranda kind of thing that became like an extra room. They put walls up oh, okay. after right. they had like a porch. Right. Okay. Okay. And so then that porch sort of stopped and they, while they were making this porch into their like living space, they popped in a toilet in there and walled it off. The ceiling is porch height. And in this case, that means that like you could touch the <laughs> ceiling in the back corners and it's just the width of like an outhouse. Like it's a small room. Right. It's just the toilet. Huh. And people that had lived there in the years past had like covered the whole bathroom with far side comics <laughs> and like newspaper clippings right. and like magazine pages and stuff. Uh, this was a Bible college. So it was magazine pages of the voice of the martyrs. Right. And stuff. Yeah. Of course. Was like, wow. There was, like centerfold. It was like intense stuff. It was almost like <laughs> yeah. you go to the bathroom to like have some se- serious like conviction yeah, in your life. Like, 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 oh, oh you think you've got it bad. Here's all of revelation. Jeez. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, this bathroom is covered in that stuff. And it's this short ceiling. And my friend Aloe had like gone in there one day to put on a shirt, like a long sleeve shirt. And he shot his arm out through the sleeve to put his shirt on. And he completely broke the light fixture off of the ceiling. Like didn't just break the light. He blasted that thing (laughs) off of the ceiling. (laughs) So, okay, well we don't know how to fix that. And Australia uses 220 volt electricity in the house. So, okay. Yeah. You don't want to touch it. Yeah. I'm seeing where, where this is headed. (laughs) Okay. So, so we had this idea to use a big fat candle to light that room for a little while. And in Australia, the basins had gone through like an upgrade, like a national required upgrade so that they were like a light flush and a heavy flush. Right. Or like a full basin flush and a half right. basin yeah. flush. Right, yeah. Okay. So they were all plastic. They're like oh, molded plastic yeah. basins yeah. rather than like a porcelain one, right. which would be... Most certainly fireproof. See that? Yes. That's where you lost me at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you set it? Right. How do you set that's porcelain? Not right. that's, this is how yeah. you do it. So this <laughs> candle holder is not a solid glass. It's actually you drop a wax candle into a decorative candle holder that has little crystal, like dangly crystals all the way around it that are also nylon and plastic. Right. So that it gives off like a shimmery spectrum kind of reflection. To raise the stoke level in the bathroom. To increase the stokeness. (laughs) Yes. So we have that burning on the plastic basin and we don't quite know how, but that candle set the candle holder plastic on fire. The plastic candle holder is sitting on the plastic basin that is full of water. And the plastic basin catches fire. And it is such an intense fire that the water explodes out of it and shoots flaming plastic (laughs) all around this dunny. That is covered in paper. <laughs> and newspaper. And yes. The, f- 
the fellas, me and my friends, are over in the kitchen doing dishes, and you can't, you can see down the hallway toward the bathroom, but you can't see the bathroom. It's oh, like Greg's yeah. dropping a deuce. And, right. And my friend, oh, no. uh, our, my classmate, her name was uh, Yeon Kyung. She's from South Korea. Her name means Grace. And she has a brother. His name was Gi Hok. And he did not speak English. And I don't know what his name means. Probably because he couldn't tell me. Okay. <laughs> His sister wouldn't tell you. He either. comes running down the hallway, screaming, "De toily, de toily, de toily!" That's all he can say. And we all from the kitchen peer down the hallway, and there is a fifteen-foot wall of fire shooting out of this bathroom into an open two-story space in the inside of the house. Just rage fire oh my gosh and we're super boy scout prepared we have no fire extinguisher right so my friend tim like goes and grabs his comforter off of his bed tim and he just like like flying squirrel dives over the fire with his comforter you know and smothers the plastic fire but the plastic is so hot that it like wraps itself into this comforter so now the comforter is like one with the bathroom oh my gosh (laughs) and there's just ashes flying everywhere (laughs) smoke damage all over and it burned all the paper off the walls the walls fun thing to learn were actually made of concrete so it was totally not gonna go you know the walls of this room weren't gonna catch fire but the next room over could have right. as the flames curled out from under the yeah, door right <laughs> yeah the flames were like going over the header oh into the, the living room that's where it would have gone real bad yeah. but anyway we we after that we we staged a bunch of shots of us like covered in soot like sitting on the toilet like like we had just <laughs> exploded the toilet yep. you know like holding newspaper we lit the newspaper on fire yeah like did your hair all you know right so those pictures are you know, long you gone, do that before you call drive. the firefighters <laughs> yeah we wow. we actually did wow <laughs> i don't even think we did i don't think we even called the firefighter <laughs> wow. put it out okay anyway so good thing i knew plumbing because i was the one that was tasked with replacing that Jeez. toilet basin okay so you knew plumbing before college it. you went back to plumbing after co- thank you for that side story thank you so much wow <laughs> i didn't know i needed that until you finished telling me that that's so good okay mm-hmm. yes you, t- you took us quite a few places and i loved it I don't. Let's just keep the story going. How did you get back to Kalispell, and uh, what did you start doing for work? Uh, these kind of things. So after school ended, I moved back to Kalispell, and shortly after getting back there, I ran into Jessica and uh, her friend Molly. Like spotted me, and she just flagged me down. And I had not seen Jessica since seventh grade. And now I'm like 21 years old. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because you guys went to the seventh grade school and then you went to eighth grade in Arizona. Uh Uh-huh. And then Christian school after that. So I see how things would part ways there. Yeah. But I mean, Kalispell is not that big of a town. (laughs) Right. Yeah. For sure. It is crazy to have not run into each other or like seen each other at the mall or something, you know. But anyway, basically, like we bumped into each other and it was like. Molly was talking, but I'll, I was like, you know, tractor beam, like, dream weaver, you know, like, oh, just, yes. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everything went in slow motion. The lights dimmed yeah. and like a it's spotlight. Like, there's Jessica. Right. The there's like, there's like a breeze, like pushing her hair around. Yeah. <laughs> there's no just, wind. <laughs> in the background, I'm just like pushing Molly aside. There's right, like you know? glitter falling from the sky. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah. This is great. Right. She has a halo. This is beautiful. Uh-huh. It's all like bokeh kind of, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Right. This is the moment. I got her number. We started chatting on the phone and just having like solid, great conversation for hours. Like we Mm. could just talk. And that was really fun. Like I didn't expect it to just pick up with such a pleasant relationship. I mean, it was just such a beautiful friendship. Right. So it was like love at second sight for (laughs) her and rekindled love at from first sight for me. That's good. (laughs) Just over time, we knew we wanted to be married, and we decided to live together, and uh, we were engaged. We also started a house project together at this time. Uh, south of the city of Kalispell is another town called Summers, 
Montana, which is mm. just right north of Flathead Lake. Mm-hmm. And so we started building our first house. That was also a sweat equity kind of thing like my college tuition. So it was like, if you work to build these homes, start to finish, when they're done, you can have basically your down payment is the time that you invested in the build. Whoa. Okay. So yeah, we got married in the middle of that project. We got married at the same place that my parents and my sister and my grandparents got married. Which oh, is pretty wow. Fun. That is that's right across awesome. the street from the school Jessica and I met in. Super cool. Beautiful. That's Full so circle. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It was really neat. It's really special. So we eventually move into that house. And uh, shortly after we got married, we were pregnant with our now firstborn tie-in who's 13 years old and the coolest dude in the world. Yeah, so we were living in summers and I was working finally by then at a furniture store. I was a I don't know if you know this about me, but I I used to sling some slumber. <laughs> I've heard to, I've heard rumblings of the mattress days. Yeah, I used to, you know, sell a couple sofas here and there and they called me the Sultan of Slumber. I was the really- pontificate of pressure point relief. Shh, Dixie, I'm not done. <laughs> 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 the pontificate of pressure point relief or the king of queens. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a blast. I sold mattresses, but it was also a really hard job. Ashley Furniture Store in oh. Kalispell was managing that for several years. And yeah. I was 22 years old. I mean, some of the employees Whoa. actually graduated high school with my parents. Whoa. And I was wow. their boss. <laughs> it was wild, man. Quite a differential there. Good work. Yeah. But I learned a lot and grew as a like a leader and and a lot of experience and and understood business and and things in a in a better way. Mm-hmm. And right. I'm really really grateful for that opportunity that I had. And um, right around then, we were invited to go to church with some friends, and then basically from that moment, going to the church that we still attend today, like changed our lives forever. Right. Thank you for listening to No Normal People this week. If you like what you're hearing, the best place to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts or Facebook, where you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two-sentence review to help other people like you find the show. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at No People Pod. That's K-N-O-W People Pod. And you can also use our hashtags, hashtag No Normal People and hashtag KNP. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group called the Normal People Community on Facebook. If you'd like a free sticker of our podcast artwork, please head to any of our socials or to the homepage at www.nonormalpeople.com. Click on a link for a Google Forms survey, fill that out, and we will send you a free sticker in the mail with a handwritten note. And with that, let's get back to our interview with Kyle Heineke. Okay, so at this mm-hmm. point, you're in Kalispell. You have one little mm-hmm. baby. One chilling. You have a wife. You're going to church. Yeah. This is Fresh Life Church in Kalispell. How did you start working for Fresh Life? I didn't start working for Fresh Life until about 2012, I think. Yeah, but like, so we were attending the church and just like, I, we had found our people, you know? Okay. Right. It's like, we actually looked forward to Sunday. And I mean, dude, I went to a Christian high school. I went to Bible college. I was so over being like the fake Christian person that I had seen so often. Mm. So it was almost like returning to my faith. It had been several years that had gone by that we just, I didn't take God seriously and I didn't take myself seriously. So like being invited to go to this church, it was Father's Day 2009 and it was just like, oh my gosh, I am so free by this message. I'm so like, I know a good message. I've heard a lot of them and this is really good, but it was, it was more like the Lord himself was like just ministering to my wife and I's spirit and like calling us back to a relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And, and really that had to start in a lot of ways with Jessica. Like she became a believer at this church. So when she became a believer, it just like was fuel to the fire for me to be like, I'm ready to like go back and really like live this out and start to take seriously my relationship with God and like calling and purpose. Right. 
and all of that. And just the reminder of like the commitment that I have before God. And it was just like, my wife and I both think that that saved our marriage. Mm. So yeah, I mean, we started attending and we were just so stoked to be there. And we started <laughs> serving and, and they announced they were going to expand to a campus in Billings. And we were pretty interested in that. Like we wanted to be used by God. We really ultimately, even still today, we just want people to experience what we did, that it doesn't have to be what you think church ever was. And Jesus is so much more than what a religious upbringing may have taught you. Right. Mm -hmm. And like the God of the Bible in a personal relationship is everything your soul has been craving. Right. We just wanted that for people. Right. And so, yeah, when they they had like an interest meeting one night and it was like, anybody want to go to Billings? We raised our hands and we put our house on the market. And a few months later, we were down in Billings right after our son had turned five, like the same month, Mm -hmm. September of 2011. So we moved to Billings then and started this church concept, Fresh Life in Billings, but it was a video church. Like it, it wasn't anything like anybody was really doing back then. Yeah. So it was crazy, man. Right. So you were in on the ground floor at the Billings campus here. And this is where we eventually meet you and your campus <laughs> pastor when we meet you. How did that happen? I guess you, you, you started just as a person who wanted to contribute and do whatever you can, whether that was hanging pipe and drape or helping set up the sound system every week. But how, how does your story get you to being a campus pastor eventually? Yeah, I was the production coordinator guy there, just made sure that, you know, things were plugged in right with new cables. And uh, being a mobile church like that, you know, stuff just breaks all the time. It's, yeah. it's a lot of work. So just after a few years, um, I got a call from one of the like pastoral staff members and said, hey, we'd like to we'd like to have you become one of the pastoral staff team. And so I was working, but I just said yes. I started pretty part-time, but eventually got to the point where it's like, we'd like to bring you on full-time and we'd like to make you the campus pastor wow. in the campus. So again, it was just like, yeah, I mean, whatever. We're Team Fresh Life in this case, so whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. Right. And so we had finally gotten to the point where we weren't setting up a church operation anymore. There wasn't a, a mobile thing. It was a built-out permanent location, and yep. and it was beautiful and thriving and ready to grow, you know? Right. And that was 2014. Mm. Right. Yeah. And then Dixie and I met you at the beginning of 2016. You know, we saw the Fresh Life sign. We decided to check it out for a week. And uh, my goodness, just the, the just the warmth of the people there and mm-hmm. the uh, <laughs> the level of stoke on everyone's face <laughs> and just in the conversations, like we were instantly friends with the Doties. You invited us straight to our small group that first Sunday. Monday. And we, we were there the following night. And uh, Dixie and I, on your front steps, we were saying, okay, like we were part of the worship team at our old church. We really like Fresh Life. I think we're going to make this permanent. But let's not tell them we play music because, I don't know, like maybe we were burned out or maybe we were just like feeling it or something. But literally on your front steps, we were saying, let's not tell them we play music just in case they ask us to. And then we were introducing (laughs) ourselves and I... (laughs) accidentally accidentally it was on purpose i don't think you're like hi my name's steven i play the (laughs) drums and i was like steven oops you idiot baby i don't tell them (laughs) yeah and then after i sniffed it out yeah yeah you definitely found that out pretty quickly and then after the group was officially over you handed me your laptop with the audition form open for the Fresh Life Worship team, stood in front of your front door and said, you are not allowed to leave until you fill this out. (laughs) Gotcha. I became a hostage. (laughs) Whatever it takes, man. Right. I think you would have done it without me doing that. Oh, yeah. We would have. Yeah. But I didn't know. You know, bird in hand is worth two in a caravan. That's what I always say. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I remember Dixie, I was like, Dixie, do you play any instruments? She's like, yeah, play the guitar. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, oh, are you any good? And she's like, yeah, you know, I, I pretty much will. <laughs> and that's so what, I didn't need her to said. fill out. Yeah, that is exactly what she said. I'll I don't never remember forget. that. I pretty yeah. much will. <laughs> I pretty much will. Just like 
just so cash. Oh, like, yeah, pretty much will. So good. I'm all right. <laughs> and, and so with that kind of response, I just don't feel like you have to audition. Right. <laughs> you have you know, enough like, moxie. Oh, you did it. Your confidence right. put you on the team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you belong here, man. That was wh- so fun. And I'm so glad, dude. I, I really am like, I'm thankful for you guys as friends. You're such awesome people. Aww. And uh, I would be really bummed to not know you. I know my wife feels the same way. Yeah, like, for real. We feel similarly towards you. Absolutely. You being our That's campus great. pastor was great. We had a ton of fun. We, Dixie and I, I think that was one of the periods in our life where we certainly, like I felt like I did the most growing into yeah. my self and into my creativity and into my leadership and communication skills and like our marriage really grew in that season. Yeah. Those, those first couple years were just a massive growth experience for us. And then I remember the day that you called me and you let me know that you would be moving to Portland (laughs) for fresh life. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Let's, uh, let's hear that story. What was it like to be asked to move to Portland? Well, first of all, it was super, left field like it was so left field it was almost right field (laughs) wow you know yeah it was like you know like christopher columbus goes east to get west (laughs) right yep 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 yep. no idea portland was even on the Mm -hmm. radar there was some uh, campuses the church was about to open up in butte and great falls and jackson wyoming and so we were kind of all working on stuff with that, mostly the team up in Kalispell. But, you know, we'd be talking about it as a team here and there and knew it was coming. I got a call on a Monday night we lovingly refer to as Taco Monday. <laughs> and we were making tacos in our newly purchased home that we called our forever home. It had enough space, enough bedrooms for all four of our children. Yeah. And, um, you know, we kind of figured we'd grow up, th- the kids would grow up there and we bought it. So it had like a space for the kids to like have their friends over, you know, in high school and be like the place where safe place that kids could come and right, hang yeah. out. And, uh, <laughs> we had purchased that house only eight months before, um, I'd only had the garage cleared out for two weeks by this point, put it to you that way. Yep. And it's a good metric. Um, yeah. It's so, like, cool. You lived here for that long, but. How long was the garage cleared out? <laughs> Two weeks, you say? Yeah. Got it. Anyway, so we get this call, Pastor Levi on the line, and you know it's like 6.30 at night. Hey, Kyle, what are you up to? And I said, oh, well, we're making tacos. And I kid you not, his response was, but it's Monday. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's Taco Monday, dude. <laughs> like, you can't make tacos on not Tuesday. Right. <laughs> what are you thinking? Alliteration, <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> you have to wonder if he was like, "What have I done? This I'm, I'm, I've abort. made a huge <laughs> mistake." <laughs> well, I'll call someone else. <laughs> and, Wrong number. Yeah, dude. So he he's like, "Well, hey, I was wondering if we could chat." Um, and he and eventually said, "Like, hey, we'd like you to consider moving to campus pastor uh, a new location." And of course, in my mind, I'm thinking Jackson, Butte, or Great Falls. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. And he says, in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, like, like pastor, whoa, did you have record, a stroke? We don't have scratch. a, we don't have a location yeah, it, there, sir. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this. Uh, <laughs> anyway. And, um, if you could just let me know in the morning. <laughs> oh, yep. Wow. Okay. Got the morning. Go. Okay. But things were moving really quickly and I didn't know that yet at this point. So mm-hmm. there re- it really was like. It was a pretty urgent thing and a big deal, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. So he, he asking me is a tremendous, tremendous honor of my mm-hmm. life. So Jess and I are like chatting after we put the kids to bed, you know, it's like 830 at night. We got to tell Pastor Levi in the morning what we've decided. Right. Wow. And she, I told you she was smart, right? Yeah. Yep. Like she, we're kind of him and hawing, right? So, well, we just got this house and the schools are just, you know, blah, 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 blah. She's like, yeah, but remember why we moved here. We moved here because we felt God called us to, and we wanted to bring more people to know God. And, you know, that was happening in, in Billings. And, and at the time, the Billings location was was just exploding. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, 
why would we say yes to God for billings? But then when he calls us to the next thing, why would we then say no? Right. You know, so in this case, why would we say yes to billings and no to Portland? Mic drop. (laughs) Mic drop. Wow. And that kind of like belief in God makes me want to fight so much harder for my family. When she said that, I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> unlocked super husband mode. Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> I just was so confident because I had her 1000% support. And that wow. is how Jessica is. Like, mm-hmm. dude, I've done some crazy jobs, I've done some crazy things. And she's just always like, hey, I'm 100% in your favor, in your corner. And so whatever that looks like, she really is. Mm -hmm. She really is. So yeah, we told him we'd come. And by that Sunday, we had been flown out to Portland and were introduced to a church that no longer had its leader in place, Mm -hmm. which turned out to be Pastor Levi's younger brother. He had started this Mm -hmm. beautiful church in Portland and just wasn't the best timing to be a ministry for for him. And Mm -hmm. so our board was approached and it was like, hey, we could keep this family in place. We could keep this community alive and and meeting. And this doesn't have to be another church that closes. Right. And let alone it's, you know, Pastor Levi's younger brother. And so it's like, this is family. You know, we're going to do everything we can. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. And so, of course, we, you know, we changed the name and changed some methodologies. But overall, I mean, we're, st- we're preaching the same gospel, teaching from the same Bible, and our pastor has the same last name. So how about <laughs> that, the devil? <laughs> yeah, right? And <laughs> it's, it's really cool. Gotcha. I'm, so, I'm, I'm so proud of, of this ministry in Portland. I really am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we eventually moved out here by September, and everything is different. Mm-hmm. Just living it up on the Pacific Northwest now. Yeah, I love it here, man. Billings <sighs> was great. I mean, Billings has like 350 days of sunshine a year, mm-hmm. which is pretty much opposite of Portland. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. But the best kept secret of Portland is the same thing that I love the Flathead Valley about. It's their summertime. It's like mm-hmm. summer in Portland is just amazing. Oh, and, yeah. And let me just say, too, here's something I forgot to mention earlier. My wife, while we're in this home we just bought, I'm like cleaning a <laughs> spot out of the white carpet. I'm on my hands and knees like with a, I think it was a diaper wipe, to be honest. We had kids everywhere. Okay. And, yeah. And I was like cleaning like a muddy footprint out of the white carpet in the living room. Huh. And she's sitting on the couch and she goes, I mean, we're brand new in this house. Promise me one day that you could move me at least within a day's drive of the ocean. Mm. Whoa. And Nailed it. And I was like, yeah. And I meant for sure that I would. And she was kind of joking, you know, just kind of joking. That was the Thursday before the infamous Taco Monday. Oh, my, oh my God. No way. <laughs> yeah. Holy heck. Yeah, dude. But yeah, so it was kind of cool because it was like all of these things now we look back on and go like, man, God knew what he was doing all along. We're mm-hmm. we're about an hour away from Cannon Beach. We go to the beach often, rain or shine, and we go to Moe's and we have some epic clam chowder and mm. like hang out on the beach. And it's Pacific Northwest Beach. It's not, you know. Yeah, it's not San Diego. You know, San Diego or Florida. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it's it's great, man, dude. We, we really, really like it out here for that. That's so good. Yeah. We, we finally hit the point in your story where I feel like you're we're more or less present day. So you are living in Portland with your wife and you said this earlier, you have four kids now. I think so far in our conversation, we've only been introduced to tie in the 13 year old. Mm-hmm. What's the rest of your family like? Uh, yeah. So we had a daughter in 2013. Her name is Rosalie named mm-hmm. her after my grandmother. Mm. And then shortly after that, we had a daughter in 2015. Her name is Charlotte and she's, right now taller than Rosalie. She's <laughs> 17 months younger and about an inch and a half taller. Nice. Get it, girl. Get <laughs> it. Which is perfect because Rosalie Heineke Sr. was like four foot 10. <laughs> oh. So. Keeping after her namesake. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta keep it short. <laughs> and then we have our youngest, who's a boy, his name is Ivor. And he was born in April 
of 2016. Just turned mm-hmm. four. So we do have a very like full household, busy life. Yeah. And it's absolutely the best. Mm-hmm. Jessica's right. a phenomenal mom, not to mention like the best cook in the whole world. Mm-hmm. So it's good, man. What about you? Like, what are you, what would you say you're passionate about or what do you think and talk about when you're not having to think or talk about anything else? Whatever you guys want to talk about, like pe- <laughs> people that are excited about oh. something, it's easy for me to be excited about the same thing. Oh, okay. Like maybe one of the things that God has uniquely gifted me in is the ability to like retain some random information that is like actually useful once in history, <laughs> but <Okay>. it's like <laughs> on the quick access, like Rolodex for right. me. Yeah. And so it's probably very annoying to be my friend for all I know. No. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, there's this unique fact about that thing you're talking about. (laughs) That's the reason why we're such good friends. Because you pull that crap out and I'm like, yes. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, I could could fix your plumbing. I can fix your bike. I know a lot about cantaloupe and how it smells. You can build houses. I know how to burn a bathroom down. <laughs> I, I, I can it's just weird man yeah like, but but it is it's just me i guess yeah. um and so for me like a lot of times the conversations i have with people are centered around some area that they're experts in and i just kind of want to play grown up right with them you want to participate oh, okay yeah in the conversation you know like they're talking about business and I'm like, yeah, P&L sheets, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Margins. Nailed right. it. You know? Yeah. So it's like my knowledge is an inch deep and a mile wide. Right. Oh, okay. And you use that you know? for connection. Yeah. That's kind of what like I could talk for. about church operations with somebody yeah. and then flip a switch and talk about like constituent management in a direct mail database right wow so you could say that it's not that you're not passionate about anything it's that you're passionate about connection yeah that's a good that's a good way to put it is there a specific before or after moment that you remember in your life that changed you as a person i would say one of many of course marriage and you know childbirth and all those things are massive game changers Mm -hmm. one that stands out is the night my parents split up. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. My dad had been away deployed for Desert Storm. He's a Marine. So he was gone for a couple long stretches. I'm not quite sure how long, but he had come back and I was in fifth grade. And so he was like legendary hero status, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yep. And we had like a bro night planned. We were going to watch a movie called Suburban Commando. So I like went downstairs, put the VHS in <laughs> and, kind you know, sitting down, yeah, sit down, got the popcorn, hit play, watching the previews, waiting for dad to come downstairs and it didn't happen. And, and I'm in fifth grade. I was like, I didn't really think anything of it. I just kept watching the movie. Ended up, I watched the whole movie by myself <laughs> and rewound the movie and was taking it back upstairs. And I like come up the stairs to the kitchen and see my parents like visibly having out their differences. So they kind of took notice of that and eventually came down and my mom said, hey, your sister and I are going to go and spend the night at my mom's parents' house. Mm -hmm. And to add a component, my mom's parents' house is directly across the street from my dad's parents' house. Whoa. So my grandparents lived across the street from each other uh, directly. Wow. (laughs) So my mom said that she was going to go spend the night there. And it was up to me if I wanted to come or not, which is really tough because, you know, I'm like 10 or 11 years old and I got to pick whose favorite parent I have. Like, right. that's how it felt. Right. Whose side are you on? Well, yeah. I then I have my sister, who's older than me, to think about too. It's like, well, even if I wanted to stay with my dad, then I'd be hurting my sister. And it's just like, there's just no winning in this situation, right? Yeah. You're going to hurt somebody and you don't want to and you have to. That's the scenario. <laughs> You're required to hurt somebody's feelings. How do you choose? Yeah. 
Right. So I end up going with my mom and we uh, go and like set up our beds. I think they're like twin size cots in the basement. Mm -hmm. And it's this like dark concrete room. My sister in the same room and we're just totally in shock. It must be like 10 o'clock at night. And all I could do is laying there in this bedroom after having like dudes movie night planned (laughs) and like how we found our way to this in the same night. It's just so wild. All I could think of was my dad was all alone in his house, in our house. And like nobody wanted him, you know? Wow. Mm -hmm. And so I went upstairs and I woke my mom up. I was like, hey, can dad come get me? And she's like, yeah, for sure. And so he drives across town. It's not very far. He comes and gets me, brings me home to my own room. So now it's like (laughs) 11. I'm in my room, in my bed, and I can't get the thought of my sister and my mom feeling like I left them. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I wake my dad up (laughs) and I have my dad drive me back. To my grandparents' house where my mom and my sister are. And I can't put into words the level of pain and confusion that that did for me that I experienced. Mm-hmm. But I never, I was never the same. Like I just never ever could pick a side. I couldn't pick a team. And I was always kind of hoping. And sometimes like these weird random thoughts will come into my mind now. I'm 37. My parents have been divorced since 1996. That's a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. And I still catch myself thinking like, man, wouldn't it be cool if they were like still together? Yeah. Mm. You know, because like my experience is sort of frozen in time in their time that they were married back in my young age. And the reason why I bring that up is because for me to try and describe myself to you, that desire for like there to be togetherness and acceptance and friendship and like I think you're cool even even the things that you don't like about yourself I actually really think is cool you know I celebrate your weirdness and like I would never not want to have lunch with you at the cafeteria I would never not want to hang out with you on the playground Mm. like that's kind of how I live even today right I just I'm stoked if you're stoked like (laughs) right Are we Steven? Would it be so cool (laughs) if we were just like so stoked? It would be very neat. So stoked, man. Have you read the book Boundaries? No. Um, I know I know of it, but I haven't read it. I only just started it two days ago and I don't have like the same experience that you had with your parents splitting up. I had a similar experience where I thought I was the cause of all my parents fighting. (laughs) So like Mm. I always thought like, oh, they're fighting because I'm here kind of thing. Mm. But in the book Boundaries, they talk a lot about that kind of experience for a lot of people. I can't explain it very well. Mm. So I would highly suggest reading it. Yeah. No, I'll check it out. I think I have it actually Mm -hmm. in my bookshelf. It's very good. Whoa. That was very good, Kyle. Thanks for telling us that story to wind us down a bit uh we are curious to ask what you are currently reading you know i am sort of halfway through about seven (laughs) books i like books and i Mm. hate books so for me a book is almost like a whole education like i don't read fiction and i don't read for pleasure but I get pleasure out of reading nonfiction like business books or okay. leadership stuff. There's a, a lot of different books, but one most stoke <laughs> level is called Setting the Table. Okay. Uh, you'd have to look up on the internet who the author is. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't care. Um, but the book is written from the perspective of this. It's a, it's a biography of like how he took his restaurants and he's very successful. He ended up like four or five Michelin wow. stars restaurant, like number one restaurant in the world kind of thing. And, and really wrote a book on how he conducted business and, you know, spoiler alert, I guess at the very end of the book, It's all about how you might have had these mountaintop successful things to look back on, but the reality is it's just these small things. Like for him is reminding his servers 
to put the salt shaker in the mm. middle of the table and that he's never going to outgrow the discipline of the small thing being a huge right. priority. Even though, you know, the Museum of Modern Art has one of their restaurants, they're lauded all over the world. The one thing he's like doing tomorrow is reminding his servers to put the salt shaker wow. in the middle of the That's table. That's good. Sounds like a good Great one. Great read. What are you currently listening to? I haven't listened to a lot of bands, but I listen to a lot from the bands that I oh, like. Yeah. Yep. If that makes sense. So in my Spotify playlist, it's been a lot, a lot mm -hmm. of Colony right. House. And like that album they released called Leave What's Lost Behind is this encouraging album to like remind you of the things that are past. You can just not let right. them control you. You know, a lot of us, I think myself included, look back and regret things or feel shame for things. And they write this music that for me, it's like the frequency that my soul like right. reverberates at. Every lyric, I'm just like, mm, that's exactly yeah, how I, I feel. I love it when you find music like that. Like for me, it's Rue Payne's, like every song. I don't even, I don't care mm -hmm. what it's about, but like every song hits me right in the soul. Yeah. Cool. What about podcasts? Do you listen to any? Yeah. Um, I listened to this one. We love it. You oh, guys do thanks. a great job. Super proud of you. Thank you so much. And that and um, I'm enjoying the leadership podcast from Craig Rochelle. Oh, yeah. It's just made of actual solid gold. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And I always find something that is like an encouragement to my context that I can write down. And he has a unique way of speaking that gives you practical handles. Like, right. He's not a flash and dance kind of podcast. No. And he's also, though he's a pastor, he's not a like a hyper like church related podcaster. Right. It's like it's general you know, leadership. It's not yeah leadership in the church. And even the leadership word being so overused, he has a good dynamic of like, you might not be in leadership, but this is still gonna be extremely helpful right yes know? absolutely like you should do this whether you're a leader or not kind yeah of thing. even if it was just yourself right and you you lived in a bus in alaska all alone <laughs> and then you ate some berries that one time yeah and then you died <laughs> right <laughs> eddie vetter where are you um even that you're a leader to yourself and your spirit so i love that podcast I have enjoyed this like how stuff works podcast. It's oh, so yeah. fun. Yeah. I learned about witchcraft and Satanism. Oh and, good. Oh. Um personality tests. Nice. Lots of fun things there. That's a good one. And then also I I like there's a podcast called Leading Second. Mm. And I highly recommend that. That's from my friend Brandon Stewart up in Tacoma. That podcast is all about like if you are in leadership, chances are the resources that are available to you are primarily geared toward people that are like at the top of the leadership pyramid or yes. whatever right. org chart that you're in. Yeah. But John Maxwell says 90% of leadership occurs within the middle of an organization. Yeah. And so why in the heck? Are we not resourcing that leader yeah. with 90% of our content? Right. That's good. So not that the other stuff you couldn't manipulate into your context. Mm. How about we just put it on the bottom shelf for once yeah. and give you some second it, chair leadership yeah. goals put and Put this advice. information in the hot spot. So good. Like <laughs> Very cool. Well, I think we have come to the end of our time here, Kyle. Thank you again so much for being on our podcast all the way from Portland, Oregon. Of course. Would you read our favorite quote for the podcast? The only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well. Mm -hmm.